Hey, everybody. I'm Jen Garrett, internationally recognized branding consultant and best-selling author of the books, Move the Ball and Dominate the Game. By having a relentless mentality, I've pushed boundaries and gotten into rooms with pro athletes and power players, built a successful business, and moved the ball in male-dominated industries. Now, I'm using my same of the ball methodology to help thousands of people dominate their game when it comes to their brands and creating opportunities. This podcast is all about uncovering strategies of the world's best athletes and business leaders to help you get to that next level. Join me in conversations that will elevate your hustle and get you across the goal line. It's time to suit up, to show up, and to move the ball. Thanks for joining us today. If this is your first time listening, welcome. And if you've been a part of the Move the Ball movement for quite some time, welcome back. Really quickly, if you haven't already done so, be sure that you follow the podcast so that you never miss an episode. We've got such great guests coming on this season. And also be sure to share the show with a few friends too. Now, this episode kicks off my special Path to the Draft series where I'm having conversations with NFL draft prospects on their path to the draft. And for this series, I, of course, had to start it off the right way. As a two-time Alabama alum myself, I'm excited to bring to you an awesome guy who has not only made an impact on the field at Alabama, but he has also been making a difference in the community as well. Inside the huddle with us today is Emil Ekior Jr. Emil, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's an honor to be on the show. I appreciate you for having me. Well, I'm excited to have you on as our first guest for this Path to the Draft series. Let me share a little bit about your background. Emil is an offensive guard who played college football at none other than the University of Alabama. With the Tide, Emil was a three-year starter, and during this past season, he saw action in 12 games and played a total of 652 snaps, where he allowed no QB hits and no sacks. Emil was also a member of the Alabama football team when they won their 18th national championship. We'll talk about Emil's college career, the NFL Combine, and more on the show. All right, Emil, are you ready to move the ball? Yes, of course. <laughs> All right, always. So the NFL Combine was a few weeks ago. And as you know, it's certainly a blessing to get an NFL Combine invite. A small percentage of draft eligible players get that invitation, only 319 guys this year. And there were 17 offensive guards that were invited, yourself being one of them. What was it like when you first got the invite? It was just kind of a surreal moment. The combine is something as a football player that you kind of dream about your whole career and something that you kind of look forward to possibly being able to do. Being fortunate enough to get invited was just was just really awesome and something was a reward for all my hard work over the past 10 years, I guess, just ever since I started playing the game. So it was kind of just one of those moments where like I kind of had to pinch myself like, well, I actually accomplished one of my dreams that I've had for quite a while now. For sure. I mean, there's a lot of hard work that gets you to becoming an elite athlete and to be getting that invitation. And so, so much to be proud of. I know your parents were also super proud of you. And I just have to take a quick minute and say that your parents are just awesome people. I was in Indy during the combine and I actually got to have lunch with your mom one of the days. It was that one day where we had the awful weather. It was raining and snow is just icky. So yeah. we had a, we had a fun time looking for parking and we altered our lunch plans. But I love her energy. She's an incredible person and your dad is amazing too. So just want to give your parents a quick shout out because they're just awesome people who also know how to move the ball. The SEC has once again dominated the list of NFL combine invitees. Alabama was at the top 
With 13 players being at the Combine, Georgia had 12. Florida and LSU also had nine players. So the SEC had great representation. Having so many fellow teammates with you at the Combine, what was that like? And did you get to spend much time with them there? Definitely. It was really cool just seeing a lot of familiar faces. As soon as I walked in, I know you know, I just connected with a couple of my teammates right off the bat. So it kind of makes you feel comfortable in that environment with so much going on, such high stakes. Just seeing like one of the brothers that you play with for the last three or four years there, it gives you kind of some sense of comfort. It's pretty cool. And then also, I was just happy for all the guys and that their hard work has come to fruition too. And just happy that they were able to experience that moment and also happy that we were able to do it together. And you bring up a great point that seeing so many familiar faces, it makes you a little bit more comfortable and calmer because it is a nerve wracking time. This is the biggest job interview that you'll have in your career. And they're long days. The combine is not just let me go out and do the on the field workouts and run the 40. There's so many other things that are going on from the medical to the media interviews to team interviews. It's a long few days that you're there. So when you look at your time at the combine, what is the big takeaway that you'll take from the experience? There's just so much that went on. And I think the biggest takeaway was just, just, you know, those moments that I had on the field. I played in big games in front of 100,000 and been in Alabama Stadium. But like that moment was like the first moment where I really just felt nervous and felt my heart racing while I was on the field. So that moment was, was pretty cool. And once I got out there, all the nerves went away. But just soak all of it in and actually be out there on the field during the combine was like kind of one of those surreal moments that I always remember for the rest of my life. And was there anything that you were doing during that week to just stay locked in and focused on what you needed to do? I think just the schedule kind of did that for us with every second of every day being planned out to meeting with teams, like you said, or doing medical exams. And then the one free time that you get, you go with your training staff that you work with these last two months just to perfect little things before you go out there on the field. So every minute of every day is accounted for and you kind of just stay locked in through that and make make sure you're present and and doing the best that you can in those those moments. I think keeps you locked in that whole time. Now you went to Cathedral High School, which is in Indy. So the combine is in your own backyard. Did that help being that it was in a place that you were familiar with? I guess it kind of helped with familiarity, but in another sense, it kind of added a little bit more nerves for me being at home and having all those phone calls and texts of people from Indianapolis saying, hey, we'll be watching you and things like that. But it was, it was also really cool just to be back in my hometown for one of the bigger moments in my life. So it was definitely something I don't take for granted. And it was an awesome experience. It was kind of nerve wracking. I can't lie. <laughs> and you did your pre-combine training with Exos in Florida. There's a lot of work that goes into preparing for this week of activities. What were some of the things that you were really focused on improving and just being really strong at for the combine? Yeah. So Exos, they do a great job of preparing athletes for the combine. That's something you kind of see year in and year out guys coming out of Exos and doing and performing really well at the combine. So. I was just happy that I got the opportunity to work there and work with some of the best people in the business. Some things I focused on was just my flexibility, mobility. Those things kind of translate to the field and being able to move better and move more efficiently and just kind of move faster. You know, that's the things that people are looking for now in this league, just how well someone can move in your athleticism. So I think just focusing on my flexibility, mobility, core strength, things of that nature just made a world of difference. In such a short amount of time, I was only training for about two months, but I can definitely feel the differences in the games that I made while training at Exos. 
And those two months, I mean, it's not just a couple times a week. It's a daily grind. So you put in a lot of work during those two months as well. So let's run things way, way back. So you're from India, I mentioned. How did you get into football? Your dad played in the league too, so I know he was an influence. But tell us about the first time that you suited up or when you picked up a football. Like you said, my dad was definitely an influence. He played in the NFL for a couple of years. After he got done playing, he actually started coaching high school football in Indianapolis. So I kind of just fell in love with the game through that. I was always the ball boy, you know, running around on the field, following my dad around. And just being around the game of football at an early age kind of just inspired me to pursue the game and kind of just fell in love with it through that. Shortly after I started playing Little League ball around seven or eight years old and I haven't stopped playing since. Ever since I can remember, I've been around football, you know, my dad started coaching when I was like four years old. So from like four to now 23, I kind of just been around the game. And I think that's something that kind of helps me and gives me an edge. I love the game so much, so I'm very passionate about it and, and willing to work hard and make some sacrifices in order to, to play the game that I love. And I fell in love with the game when I was four. What about football really excites you and makes you so passionate about it? One part that's kind of taken for granted that I've sort of noticed through these last couple of years of being in college and everything is just the, being in the locker room around your teammates and developing bonds, lifelong bonds with guys through football and through sports are, is really special made some of my best friends playing high school ball, college ball. And those are some relationships that I'll, I'll have for life and been very uh, valuable to me. So that's one of my favorite parts about the game is just being able to be a part of a team, being a part of a group and really bonding with the guys that are on my team and working as a collective group to accomplish a goal. So I really appreciate that part of football. And then this is the second part is being able to let out some aggression <laughs> for sure. Like it's always good to do that on the field and, Anything that may be going on in your life or that you obviously can't show or don't want to express can definitely go to the field and it'd be your safe haven. It's kind of been like that for me ever since I started playing. So pretty cool. Sure. And you mentioned about the relationships. I mean, those relationships are lifelong friends. It goes beyond football. Like football at some point is going to come to an end, but those relationships are going to carry on into whatever it is you do both on and off the field. Now, my listeners know that I released my latest book a few months ago called Dominate the Game. The subtitle of that book is How Life Changes When You Show Up. And I really like that subtitle. And I chose it because life really does change when you do show up. And when you show up the right way and do it consistently, you not only move the ball, but you dominate the game. You've shown up every day and put the work in to make you an elite athlete. What are some of the things that you've done on a daily and weekly basis to really set yourself apart from your peers and to differentiate? from the other players out there? I think it ties in exactly with what you said, just the daily grind and daily commitments to being consistent in everything you do. Can't just be a one-day thing or one-week thing. It has to be every day of showing up and putting in the work and being very consistent in, in whatever it is that you are, are setting out to do and setting out to accomplish. So I think that's something that's really helped me a lot, whether that's consistently watching extra film or getting extra lifts after practice, just consistently working on my body and making sure like, that I'm feeling good and, everything, don't don't have any injuries, things of that nature. So just a consistency and finding a routine of things that are going to benefit you positively while you're out on the field is, is something that I really take pride in and I think that's something that's helped me get to this point. And now you were highly recruited coming out of high school, had 30 plus offers. Why Bama? You know, I just kind of wanted to be a part of the best. And my whole life, I kind of just prided myself on being a part of the best AAU teams, best little league teams, best schools. They kind of just wanted to follow that path and why not go somewhere that's known for bringing the best out of people and producing a lot of, of great people and great players at the same time. So that kind of went into my decision. It was hard to turn down. The greatest college football head coach of all time. 
when he comes knocking at your door, it's, it's kind of hard to say no. So I think I just fell in love with Alabama through their tradition and just the history of success that they had and kind of just wanted to be a part of it also. It is definitely a story of greatness and a culture of excellence there. And I had Shaheem Carter on my show a couple seasons ago as part of the main podcast, not this series. And when I asked Shaheem why Bama, he said because Bama had that it factor. And it was about the caliber of the people that you're surrounding yourself with on a daily basis, both the coaching staff as well as the players. So when you look at the people around you that had that it factor, who are some of the key people from players and coaching staff that really helped you to excel? to improve your game and to really dominate like you said it's you can't help but being surrounded by excellent people when being Alabama guys like Bryce Young Will Anderson Coach Saban at that and all the position coaches that we've had are pretty much the best in their field in, in college football so like I said guys like Bryce Young kind of pushed me to seeing him and his hard work is also motivating me and he's taught me some things about just being consistent and how to watch film and staying after watch extra film with him things of that nature has made me better and learning things from Coach Saban. He still has a lot of great things in us as far as discipline, accountability, and just things that apply to real life. So just make sure I listen when he's giving his little speeches and monologues and learning from one of the best to do it. So yeah, just that, that culture of excellence and being surrounded by such great people is also like elevated myself. So it's one of the things I really appreciate about Alabama and I benefited well that, from that by going there. And so when you look at the five seasons that you are a part of the Alabama football program, what are some of the things that you've taken away from it? And more importantly, what did you learn about yourself in this process? I would say one of the biggest things that I learned from Coach Saban and just being a part of that football program is just how you do one thing is how you translate to everything in your life. So people that are successful and people that are great in life are great in all aspects of their life. They're great at waking up in the morning, not pressing that snooze button. Great about, you know, finishing everything they do, being consistent and reliable. So I just think it starts with going to class in the morning. If you do that well, it can carry over to success on the football field. So just being great in all aspects of your life, that's something I really try to apply to my life. I think it's something that's really helped me a lot, for sure. Second part of your question, what have I learned about myself? I would say I learned a lot. Kind of went far from home, going from Indianapolis to Alabama. Alabama is one of the more competitive environments there are in college football, so just being able to do that and going far from home and learning how to compete on a daily basis with some of the best athletes in, in college football has really taught me a lot about myself and also chasing a degree at the same time and, you know, trying to balance and do all three of those things has is, is been definitely tough, but I'm just very proud of myself and being able to overcome that. It feel like it made a man out of me for sure. Yeah, it's definitely a rigorous schedule and there's a lot you have to balance, but those who get combine invites are the ones that know how to do it well. So definitely kudos to you for all the hard work that you've put in over the years. So when you look at the 2020 season, that was the first season that you were a starter, a great ride that season. Alabama went 13-0. and They won the Natty. Alabama's historically been a great program, right? You've got great talent, discipline. I mean, they know how to win, but what made that team special? Like you said, 2020 was a great year. We went undefeated, won a championship, everything that you can dream of out of a college career. And, you know, something that's a goal of everyone that's playing is to win every game and, and possibly win a championship. So I just think that team was it was very special. We had to bond for sure because it was tough times. It was during COVID and not knowing if we we're going to play or not. And the team just decided to come together. And if we were going to play, we were going to be ready. But if we didn't, we'd obviously be disappointed. But you know, we just had to come together through those circumstances. And I think that's something that really helped us throughout the season and kind of made that team different from all the other teams. Like everyone was best friends. Everyone hung out outside of football together. 
you just had that team camaraderie and kind of just showed up on the field and I think it went a long way in helping us win a championship that year. And you mentioned it was a COVID year. I mean, throughout life, we're going to have things that we can't control. This was a huge change to the entire world. And we all had to adjust and adapt and figure out how do we navigate in this newer type of environment? What was that like for you guys as a program? I mean, you talked about how the guys came together, which is very important. But like, how was that from a mental standpoint and just adjusting? What was that like for you? I think it was very tough mentally on everyone, even the coaches. There was a lot of unknowns. We didn't know if we are going to be able to play or not. So um, the one thing we said is, as a collective group is that we're going to come together through the tough circumstance and go through it together. So I think that's kind of the thing that drove us home and was like the key thing that we had to lean on through the unforeseen times for sure. And as you look back during your career at Alabama, what was your most memorable game for one? And then second, what is the most memorable experience you've had just from being a part of the Alabama football program? I would say the most memorable game for sure would be the 2021 SEC Championship when we were kind of coming in as underdogs versus Georgia and we kind of just shocked the world in in, in our words and and beat them pretty good in the SEC Championship. So one of the more fun games I've been a part of. Not too many times where Alabama's underdog and we kind of embraced that role and used that energy to help us out on the field. So that was definitely one of the more fun games and best experiences that I had one of the best moments, obviously just winning the national championship in 2020. You can't replace that feeling. And it's kind of just one of the better feelings that I've had in my football career, for sure. And being able to say that you're a champion at the end of everything is is definitely special and something I don't take for granted. And you mentioned the SEC championship in 2021. So that season, Alabama was the underdog going into that game. October 9th, 2021, Alabama lost to Texas A&M. And then there were some other close games and people were questioning Alabama's strength as a football team. And so you're always going to have haters when you're dominating. There's going to be people that are hating and there's people that doubt your ability to continue to excel. How do you guys stay locked in, especially a team like Alabama? Like there's all kinds of social media and and news and stuff. How do you stay locked in and tune all that out? Yeah, throughout the, all, all the criticism and everything, our team kind of came up with a slogan that we're all we got and we're all we need. So mm-hmm. it's kind of made a pact to each other to ignore all the outside noise. Everybody get off of social media, stay off the phones, don't watch ESPN and, and kind of just focus on the day-to-day things that we need to do to, in order to be successful. I think just locking in on the being where your feet are and controlling the things that you can do on a daily basis help the team a lot. And it's very important to say ignore the outside noise because it can, it can definitely be very loud at times. So I think it's a skill to be able to lock in and ignore all the noise and just focus on the day-to-day grind and commitment. For sure. And people say that the ability to stay focused is a competitive advantage in a world full of distractions. So, I mean, you're absolutely right. Like if you could just tune that out and just stay focused on whatever the task is at hand, then you're going to be more successful because you're not being deterred or distracted because of everything else. Right, right. So what we're going to do now is we're going to take a quick break. And when I come back, we're going to do our two minute drill. We'll be right back. Hey, have you moved the ball in your own life today? If you're working toward your dream job, a new personal record, or a bigger salary, you need a plan to consistently make progress. That's why I wrote Move the Ball and Dominate the Game. These books are packed with strategy and easy to implement tips on gaining clarity of your goals, developing your own personalized playbook for success, pushing your boundaries of comfortability, and really elevating and dominating. Go to www.dominateandmove.com and enter code DOMINATE2023 for a 20% discount on the bundle. 
and all books are signed copies as well. Now, let's get back to the show. All right, we're back. Emil, are you ready to do some fun questions as part of my two-minute drill? Yes, of course. Let's do it. All right. So first question is, outside of football, what do you like to do? We didn't get much free time in Alabama, but as soon as I finished practice, I think my favorite thing to do was play video games with the guys and play some Call of Duty, Madden 2K, whatever it is. And that's kind of my time to unwind and get away from all the noise of football is playing video games. And that's important, too. I mean, we need to take time out and do other things that are fun and just to relax and chill and reset and refocus. Yep. Next question is, what three words would you use to describe yourself? First thing that comes to mind that I would say is probably just I'm a loyal person, loyal to anyone that I love and anyone that's close to me. Second would be God-fearing. My faith is definitely the most important thing in my life. I take pride in my faith with Christ and my relationship with Jesus Christ. Third thing I would say is humble. I pride myself in, you know, being humble in all situations, try not to boast myself and pretty much give God the credit throughout throughout anything because I know it's not possible through my works. It's possible through him. So he's giving God the glory in, in all situations and remaining humble is something that's very important to me. Great answer. What is one thing most people don't know about you? I guess most people don't know that I like to fish. I don't really post it or anything. I just, you know, when I get some free time, I like to go fish into the, the nearest pond, the lake, and kind of just get in some outdoors and, and online. But yeah, that's kind of one of my hidden things I like to do. <laughs> What is the best piece of advice that you've been given by a mentor or a coach? Best piece of advice is simple, just to be where your feet are and kind of just control the day-to-day. And, you know, it's easy in this life to look ahead and look forward to outcomes and have different expectations for the future. But just having the focus and discipline to to control the day-to-day things and what you can do on a daily basis to ultimately achieve that goal is something that that I've learned in life. And I think that's something that's helped me a lot for sure. And I'm going to flip it and ask, what is the best piece of advice that you would give someone else? I mean, it kind of ties in with that. And I guess this would be something I would be giving advice to my younger self is just to enjoy the now, not looking forward to the future so much because the best time is is now. Just got to take advantage of the situation you are in currently and myself in the younger years in high school I would look forward to college and in college, I was looking forward to NFL, but really just didn't sit back and enjoy the time that I was in like I should have. And if I could give myself some advice, that would be probably the biggest thing that I would say. Would you rather be the world champion of your sport or the CEO of a billion dollar company and why? I know this probably sounds crazy as an athlete, but I definitely got to go with the CEO of a billion dollar company. (laughs) I think, you know, that's something individually that's really good and really cool and something that you definitely couldn't be able to pass up. (laughs) You have 24 hours and a private plane that will take you anywhere. Where are you going? I would say Hawaii. That's like a place I've never really got to explore. And I've been there before, but I always said I wanted to go back to really see the different islands and go visit the volcanoes and waterfalls and things like that. So if I go anywhere in the world right now, it'd probably be Hawaii and spend a couple of days there. It's a great place to go. And there's so much to see across the various islands. So good choice. The bonus question is, do you sing in the shower? For sure. <laughs> All the time, actually. I, I can't help it now. <laughs> nice. So something else that I wanted to talk with you about before we end our show is the Move the Ball movement. It's not just about what you do in your own life to be successful. It's really about how are you serving others and making a difference in the world. And so one of the things that you've done, so NIL is a fairly newer landscape or or the landscape has changed with NIL being introduced a couple of years ago. And you're someone who's been focused on serving the community. You did a partnership to really use your name and your platform to make a difference in Alabama. Share with us a little bit more about that. 
during my whole time as a college athlete, I, I made it a point to give back something that I feel like is very important. But the platform that we have as athletes is to be able to give back and inspire others and use our platform to do that. So I you know, kind of started off small with some things at the Salvation Army and doing some food trucks and food banks, things like that, and helping serve food to the homeless. And then kind of started reading at elementary schools and doing things of that nature, trying to do as much as I could, but nothing big because NIL wasn't around yet. So the first year NIL came in the full swing. I was like, being my last year. I kind of wanted to do something that would be positive in the community that would kind of be big on the bigger landscape of things. And that's when I decided to partner with a Samaritan's Feed and set out a goal to deliver shoes and raise money for shoes and kids for in the local community of Tuscaloosa and Birmingham. And, you know, it kind of worked out well. I started off on my Instagram and other social media platforms, sending out links, trying to raise money for the cause. And people responded really well. And then we ended up partnering like Truist Bank and different companies like that that donated lots of money. And we're able to give out about 10,000 pairs of shoes to kids in Tuscaloosa and Birmingham that were that needed shoes. And I didn't think it was a huge deal until we kind of had a shoe giveaway at the YMCA one of the days. And one of the moms came up to me and was like, man, like school started in about two weeks and we really didn't have any shoes for, the, I, I don't remember the kid's name at the time, but they were just saying how, how much it meant to them and how important it was because they, they didn't know if they would have shoes or not. So kind of just put me in shock. It's like, wow, this is kind of a big thing that I'm doing. And something I look forward to continue to try and do is I continue throughout my career, not just at Alabama, but potentially while I'm in the NFL also. For sure. And being an athlete, you have such a great platform and an opportunity to make a difference. So I think what you've done so far is great. And I look forward to seeing all the other ways that you continue to give back and to serve. And I remember when your mom sent me the text that said that you were doing the shoe campaign. And I thought it was such a great way to make a difference. A lot of people do camps and like backpacks and school supplies and other things, but shoes, you don't really see so many people focusing on that. And I know that you were inspired because you had a teammate that you gave some shoes to before. Tell us a little bit about him. I grew up playing, you know, literally football with a lot of teammates that weren't as fortunate as myself. And I know one of the times we had a guy on our team that came to practice without shoes. And, you know, me, I always brought about two, three pairs with me and I was able to give him shoes in that moment. And that's something that's kind of stuck with me, just knowing the, the struggles that people go through. You know, it's also years later being able to help with the same kind of situation was pretty cool for me and kind of a 360 moment where. It all came to light. Oh, I think it's great. So I got a couple questions for you before we wrap the show. One, you're in the NFL draft now. If a team were to ask you, Emil, why should we pick you? What can you bring to the table? What would you say? I would say I would just bring a lot of positive energy to a locker room and, and be a great teammate. Someone that's very positive in the locker room and is good with working with others. And then just a smart, tough football player just going to willing to get the job done and willing to get there early, stay late and do whatever it takes to to be really good at my craft. So I think that would be valuable for any team to have and you know, something that I can bring on a consistent basis. Great answer. And let people know, where are you at on social media so they can follow you on your journey? Yeah, so my Instagram is Emil Ekior. Pretty simple, it's just my name, Emil.Ekior. And then my Twitter is Big E underscore underscore 18. So uh, those are my two main social media platforms and appreciate it if you guys would follow me on those. Perfect. And we'll be sure to have those in our show notes so people can continue to follow you on your journey. Thank you so much, Emil. Any shout outs to end the show? Shout out to my mom for getting connected with Jen and being able to do this podcast. It's pretty awesome. So thanks, mom, for getting this all connected for me. <laughs> your mom is awesome. And I know she's going to continue to move the ball. Make sure that she's doing that because I always text her about that. But so glad to have you on the show. 
and wish you much success in the NFL draft and this next chapter of being a professional football player. And thanks to everyone for listening to today's episode. Once again, if you haven't already done so, hit that follow button so that you never miss a future episode and also share the show with a few friends too. It's one way that you can help me to move the ball. All right, thanks again for listening and we will talk to you next time. Until then, make sure that you suit up, you show up, and you move the ball. Thanks for listening to Move the Ball, everybody. If you were inspired by this episode, can you do me a favor and let me know? Go to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. And also, share the show with a few friends, too. Next, I want you to go to GetInsideTheHuddle.com and join our email list. This will give you priority access to tips and strategies that will help you get more done today. Not tomorrow, not next week, today. You got that? Okay, until next time.